Dan Dickow here for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, it is almost here, the final four. Uh, unfortunately, Gonzaga fans, uh, this is another year where Gonzaga doesn't quite make it, even though they've had a spectacular season. And now the fifth Elite Eight in school history, eight straight Sweet 16s. I'll be honest, early in this season, um, I, I thought in, in a preseason meeting with our KHQ regional TV group, I said this team had the makings or the talent level with Timmy and Strother and Bolton back that they could be a Final Four team because of how balanced the landscape of college basketball was. But I also said it's going to be a, a work in progress. It was going to take some time. And lo and behold, that's exactly what played out. Gonzaga began to play their best basketball of the year down the stretch. This is the first year in many that I did not look ahead and book hotel reservations and flight reservations, especially now that, you know, the COVID travel uh, change has occurred where you can easily refund tickets, you can easily refund hotel rooms, deposits, things of those that nature. So this was a, a year that I did not make those reservations. And after them advancing to the Sweet 16, uh, I thought that I might need to uh, quickly change those plans, but didn't matter. Uh, Gonzaga didn't make a final four. Uh, I think that this is going to be a very important off season for Gonzaga with the transfer portal, uh, with recruiting, um, with which guys decide to enter the NBA draft, which guys decide to stay with that extra COVID year, which guys just decide to return. Uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting to watch, but We'll touch more on that in the coming weeks. So I just wanted to preview the final four. It's going to be a heck of a final four. The fun part to see this and watch this on TV this weekend, I think will be the fact that it's Jim Nance's last final four that he is going to be calling uh, as a play-by-play -play guy for, for CBS. And this to me uh, is important and it's interesting because I think there's, there's, there's different tiers of any industry. And Jim Nance is one of the best all time. Uh, the way he quickly describes um, and adds uh, background to what just happened and then allows his broadcast partners, his color analysts to jump in uh, and share the why or the how or the background behind some of the things. And then his ability uh, in big moments to quickly have a message and then lay out and watch um, the celebration or the emotions uh, through their TV screen, I think has been tremendous over the years. So that was one interesting side note about the final four, but really it comes down to FAU, San Diego state, the winner of that a nine and a five seed against Miami against UConn. And we'll start with FAU. FAU has had a tremendous season in Conference USA. Dusty May, their head coach, has done a really good job of balanced attack um, of, of what they've done on the offensive and defensive end throughout the year. They jumped out to an incredible start to the season. Actually, Conference USA did as well. Uh, I had a game, U University of Alabama, Birmingham earlier this year in the Conference USA, and I was impressed with that team. Uh, you saw UAB make it to the uh, tournament final in the NIT. So it shows you a little bit about just how good that uh, Conference USA was, even though I think they were very under the radar this year. But back to FAU, I think they're a very, very balanced basketball team. Um, they were ranked as high as 19th uh, throughout early in the season. Um, some people had some concerns. Would they make it? 
as an at-large team um, if they didn't win the Conference USA. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the body of their work, I think they had 30 wins coming into the NCAA tournament. Um, that should have been a no-brainer. If you watch them at any point this year, I did not watch a lot. I just watched uh, a few stretches here and there. They were a really good basketball team. And I, and I know the selection committee has said they don't have use the eye test. They go off a resume sheet with the quad one wins and twos and uh, your net rankings and a number of different things. But uh, I think that gets lost too many times because if you watched FAU, you know they were a darn good basketball team. Um, and I think they're going to give San Diego State everything that they can handle. Now, San Diego State... They've been the power in the Mountain West for a number of years. That COVID-shortened year, um, they were top four in the country. I believe they were 31-1 and one or 30-2, and two, something like that, um, heading into the NCAA tournament when it was canceled. They had a really good balanced team that year. Um, defensively, they've been one of the best, first under Steve Fisher, now under Brian Dutcher. Uh, I think if you looked at that COVID-shortened year when they could have made a Final Four, um, you know, they probably had more offensive firepower because of Malachi Flynn, who transferred from Washington State. He had an All-American type season that year uh, before going off to the NBA. But when you look at San Diego State, they are going to guard one of the best teams defensively in in any conference and across the country. They will guard. They pick you up full court many times, man to man. Sometimes they'll pick you up in a little three quarter court just to kind of junk things up and make you. Um, later or slower to get into your actions in the half court so they don't have to guard as many pick and rolls or post splits, uh, pin down actions, single doubles, whatever it may be. Uh, so they're a well-oiled machine defensively. Um, they are also on the offensive end a, a team that can get bogged down at times and struggle to score, but their defense is so good that they can cover for six, seven, eight minute lapses where they don't score because they don't allow teams to go on 10-0 runs, 10-2 runs. They don't they don't allow that because of how good their defense is. Um, they've they've got a ton of experience. Uh, Adam Seiko comes off the bench as a sixth year guy. Nathan Mensa, um, Matt Bradley in the starting lineup uh, are, are fifth year guys. Um, Lamont Butler is a junior, but he's he's made tremendous strides over the course of his career. There, he's able to to knock it down from the three point line. The transfers that they've brought in from a season ago till now, I think have been the difference uh, in allowing them to play with more confidence and, and be able to advance this far in the NCAA tournament. Darion Trammell um, listed generously at 5'10", but he is a spark plug on the defensive end. He can score it on the offensive end, whether it's behind the three-point line or he's creative enough and quick enough with the ball to get in the paint and make things happen for himself or for teammates. He transferred in from Seattle U. Uh, Micah Parrish, was all defense in the Horizon League a season ago from Oakland University. You add him to, to the lineup and a tremendous defender. Uh, as mentioned, all league defense. So is Trammell in the WAC. Uh, Jaden Ledee, he's been at Texas Christian in the Big 12. He's been at Ohio State in the Big 10. He's had some really good stretches in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, you add those guys to uh, another player I haven't mentioned yet, Kashad Johnson, uh, with his athleticism and, and his ability to impact the game defensively on the glass. I think you've got uh, the makings of a team that has flown under the radar because they're not the prettiest or most fun to watch at times, but they are playing unbelievably well, disciplined, good basketball right now. I expect San Diego State uh, to advance past uh, FAU and play in the national title game. In the second game, it will be 
Uh, Miami of the ACC taking on UConn out of the Big East for Miami. You know, Jim Laranega uh, has been in the Final Four before, head coach at George Mason. I believe it was 2006. So he's been there before. Granted, it's been some years, but he's one of the most under the radar, really good coaches in the college game. He does a tremendous job. You know, I think when you look at Miami, Isaiah Wong returned from a season ago. Uh, he had another tremendous year to be the ACC player of the year. They went out and got a couple transfers, uh, namely Nigel Pack transferred over from Kansas State. Um, and I think when you look at Miami, you know, there was a lot of concern because they had a booster uh, being really active in the NIL market, bringing Nigel Pack over and then uh, enhancing uh, Isaiah Wong's early commitment price-wise, I guess you could call it, in the NIL valuation. So, um, you know, they're, they've been very creative. They've been very active. They've been very, quite frankly, it looks like they've been really smart with how they've handled it. Boosters, businesses in the area, um, and then the athletic department to make sure it all fits and, and works well alongside the basketball program. So I think they're a great example that you're going to see a lot of schools looking at, hey, how did Miami do this? Can we do anything similar? How do we do this and get it done in such a way. But uh, Isaiah Wong's been tremendous, as mentioned. W or ACC Player of the Year. He's a guard that you need a bucket, he can go get you a bucket, uh, whether it's coming off screens, occasionally in pick and rolls. But I think to me where he's most dangerous is when they get him in some isolation sets. Um, he, in space, uh, is so good. He's crafty with the ball. He's great at changing speeds, changing directions. So he's shifty. He can get more space, and he's able to, to knock down open as well as difficult jump shots. And I think in the NCAA tournament, that's something that you've seen. Teams that have guys that can make difficult jump shots are at a premium. Those are the guys that move on to play in the NBA. Uh, yes, you want to make wide open standstill jumpers. You got to do a lot of the different things, you know, post-ups, dives, what, whatnot. But if you have a guy that you can give him the ball, create space, make difficult shots, you are at an advantage. I think Miami has had that so far. But they're running into a buzzsaw right now with UConn. UConn has won all four games in the NCAA tournament by 20-plus. Uh, I haven't seen anybody put a hurting on Gonzaga the, the way that they did in that Elite Eight game, including Texas, who won by, I think, 22 early in the year uh, down in Austin. Um, you know, you say what you want about Drew Timmy picking up his fourth foul early in that second half. He had three in that first half. So he was a little limited with, with how he played kind of mid to late in that first half, but that didn't matter. I mean, UConn right now to me is playing at another level compared to anybody. They've moved up to number one in, in Ken Palm rankings, uh, top 10 or 12, I believe in both offensive and defensive efficiency. So they're a very balanced basketball team. Um, when you look at, um, you know, they don't have a true point guard, which might be their only shortcoming. Andre Jackson, Jr., 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, somewhere in that range, does a really good job of initiating offense, getting guys into stuff. Um, but he's not, to me, a true point guard, but he handles a lot of those duties and those responsibilities of getting them into offense. You know, But most people look at two other guys on that team as being the guys, and that would be Adam Sonogo on the low block, uh, unbelievably physical, um, uh, athletic uh, length, uh, has a ability to impact the game defensively, both – you know, guarding and pick and rolls, as well as protecting the rim, rebounding, 
And his footwork and his ability to score on the low block is a lot better than what I expected when I saw on TV. So I had a chance to sit uh, media row for the UConn-Arkansas game in the Sweet 16, and, and he really impressed me. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, you know, a lot of people are saying he's the second coming of Ray Allen right now. The way he shoots it effortlessly from deep, he's got great footwork, he's got quick release, high release um, he's also got the ability, not quite to Isaiah Wong's level, but he's got the ability to create space and make difficult shots. So those guys are key. Um, those guys have been spotlighted a lot. Um, but there's a couple other guys on UConn that are very important to UConn if they're going to win this game. Uh, the freshman, uh, Dylan Klingen, Klingham, um, he, I believe, is the only freshman in the Final Four that plays uh, substantial minutes. And that shows you just what that COVID extra year has done, what the transfer portal has done, coaches looking for experience, what that grad transfer route has done. It, 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 it places even more of an emphasis on uh, experience. Um, so very few freshmen, whether you're uh, you know, a McDonald's All-American, five-star that wasn't in that game or a four-star, it's hard to get minutes early in your career at a program that values winning and then wins at, at the level that the four teams in the final four have. Um, so I think he's important. The other one that Gonzaga fans will know and recognize is Joey Calcaterra. Yes. That Joey Calcaterra from USD um, was one of their leading scores the last couple of years, entered the transfer portal, found a terrific home in stores, Connecticut. He's been big. Uh, a lot of times he's the first guy off the bench. Sometimes he's second or third, but he provides a spark and a shooting threat from beyond that three-point line when he checks in. You always knew he had, uh, you know, the IQ about him. Uh, he had the competitiveness, the toughness, uh, but he's got a perfect home at UConn, and he's really been able to thrive in that role, and they've utilized him really well. So I have UConn advancing past Miami in the Final Four, which would set up a San Diego State-UConn matchup on Monday for the Final Four, or excuse me, for the national title game in the final four, but those are my predictions, San Diego state, UConn check back here after the game and see if I was right. And I will also be previewing what will be the national title game for Gonzaga nation. SI don't go anywhere. Keep downloading the podcast. We will have tons of more content coming up to recap the season for Gonzaga, both individually uh, as well as team wise. What is to be on the lookout is in regards to the transfer portal to newcomers that are going uh, to be Gonzaga Bulldogs to guys that are leaving, such as Dom Harris, who just put his name in the transfer portal. We'll be covering a lot of that and more in the coming weeks.